everybody, welcome back. I'm Silas Harper Bray. This is Savage with Silas. On today's episode, I talked with Aaron Johnson, who is a master fitness trainer in the army. He's been a master fitness trainer for about five years now. He has a really interesting perspective on wellness and health as pertains to the army, but also in everyday life. In today's episode, we talk about holistic health, how the army is changing its approach to mental and physical wellness, as well as how those tests are changing too. How can we apply holistic living in an army situation, but also in a situation in our everyday civilian boring lives? If you like this content, please like and subscribe. That helps me to know what content you guys are interested in for future episodes. Sit back, relax, and enjoy this episode. Aha! <laughs> All right, here we go. There we go, science. By the way, it does not work from your computer, so. Oh no, well, that's good to know. <laughs> that's good to know next time. Yeah, I I tried to do it from a from something called like Streamlabs once upon a time. Um, and there's so many like codes that you have to paste in different places. I have to tell you that technology is not my friend. So <laughs> trying to stream from anything but my but my phone has has been a, a challenge. I should learn how to do it though, just for sound and convenience reasons. Yeah, I, I watched that YouTube video and it got me nowhere. So here we go. <laughs> Thanks, YouTube, for nothing. Downloading that video. <laughs> uh, well, that's awesome. Hello. Thank you for joining us today. Um, I'm, I'm really excited to, to have this conversation because last week we talked with uh, another member of the military. You guys, I don't think you know each other, um, but his future, his future role is actually what you're doing now, which is really, really awesome. So you are a master fitness trainer in the Army, right? Yes. Oh. Yeah, it's a really fancy way of saying uh, we help people with PT and, and do weigh-ins, you know. Um, the MFT course in itself is really like a two-week crash course on everything you get from a, like a CPT program. So it's like drinking from a fire hose, learning all those same things, and then only getting something that works in the Army and doesn't actually work in the, in the civilian world. But... Um, yeah, it's really exciting though. I've been doing the MFT thing for about uh, five years now, and uh, yeah, I love it. So amazing! How did you how did you pick that as because there's a lot of options for soldiers, you know? So what what motivated you to to go in that direction? So uh, the MFT job in the army is actually not a uh, like a career field or an MOS. It's a, it's an additional duty, so you do it in conjunction with whatever your actual job is. Um, so every unit has to have, uh, you know, at least a couple master fitness trainers. So those guys or girls are also aircraft mechanics and they're infantrymen or uh, field artillery guys. They run the gambit. You know, every unit's got master fitness trainers and, and the master fitness uh, role is just a, an additional responsibility. So it's not really um, a career field. Most people don't do it full-time it's not something that they come in and like from 9 a.m to 5 p.m every day they're they're in a gym i did have that luxury for three years that was what i did full-time um at a headquarters a headquarters unit i worked at but most people it's, it's really uh not necessarily a, a career path i i guess 
So, uh, but I got into it um, when I, about five years ago, I got uh, assigned as a unit training NCO and the first sergeant decided I would go to the uh, master fitness course and master fitness is one of those additional duties that no matter where you go, like that's what you do now, you know, so it kind of follows you everywhere you go because every unit needs it. You're always going to be that person. They're kind of motivating people to like get off their, <laughs> um, can I say ass? And I was like, this is my stream. I can do what I want to <laughs> get get off their ass and like get motivated and move around like are, are you there for for like physical motivation or trying to help people kind of fill gaps and maybe things that they don't um already have the skills to do well i think it's a a little bit of everything you know the the job of the master fitness trainer in the army is uh to assist the commander in programming physical readiness training so you know depending on what kind of unit you're in that programming might look different. You know, at a headquarters unit where most of these people are senior leaders, they've already been in 12, 14, 15 years. They're not going to be in the field every day. Uh, their training regiment might look different from a 20-year-old straight out of basic training who's in a line unit who's, you know, in the field every six weeks or every couple months um, or constantly deploying every, every other year, every two years. So, uh, you know, basically the, the job is kind of understand your organization, which, what you guys do, what you're responsible for, and then your fitness uh, training to meet those mission requirements. Mm -hmm. uh, so that's, that's really the biggest role um, is just that overall program design. Mm -hmm. So everybody has a specific, a specific duty Right. Like if if somebody's dealing with a situation where they're going to have to carry something more frequently, then they'll have a different program design than to somebody who's going to be crawling in, you know, enemy right. territory. So take like uh, like infantrymen or artillerymen who, you know, they're going to be humping all their gear. Right. They might have 60, 70 pounds of gear plus body armor boots. Uh, they might if they're a mortarman, they've got the mortar. You know, light mortar weighs about 45 pounds when it's broken down, and the, and the medium weighs about 90 pounds. So somebody's carrying, you know, 100 pounds, 120 pounds, they're splitting up pieces of this, plus the artillery, um, plus your munitions, your weapon, your, your M4, whatever you carry. So some guys, you know, they're out there humping 100 pounds. Some people are, they're attorneys, they're JAG officers, paralegals, right? They're sitting behind a desk. Uh, Real strength training is still important for them, but it's not, you know, a, a survival, you know, it's not necessary for their survival in that sense. So for people who sit behind a desk all day, your training program really might just be geared more toward that mobility and flexibility and using, you, you know, joints that you're sitting hunched over at your computer, um, extending health that way versus... Uh, the guy you had last week's aircraft mechanic, so he's crawling in aircraft and under aircraft on top of aircraft. So uh, what he might need to maintain that fitness, upper body strength, pulling himself up on the aircraft, uh, mobility and flexibility, get down, low crawling under the aircraft, twisting and turning your body all kinds of different ways to, to fix whatever he's fixing. So, you know, really it's to say, all right, where am I at? What do we do here? 
what's going to, you know, contribute to the overall readiness of this unit. You know, maybe if I'm at an infantry unit, then we got to be able to go, we're going to go on ruck march and, and hump this weight because we need to be prepared to do that at any point where if I'm uh, working at a paralegal office, we're probably almost never going to do a ruck, you know. True. So We hope not anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Barring natural disaster, for sure. For sure. And that that's really um, that's really cool because it's like army specific version of being a CPT, right? Because like part part of being a CPT is having all kinds of different clients who maybe some of them are, you know, I do I have a lot of stay at home moms as clients and they have very different needs than like a college student, right? So stay at home parents, a lot of upper body strength training because your children are quite small and picking them up is something they really like. But if somebody is, yeah, hunched over the desk all day, they have a very different physical demand than somebody else would. And so it's, I think the stakes are just higher, right? When, when it comes to the, the army, if I, you know, fail to train somebody, then their kids are sad, right? But if <laughs> master fitness trainer you know if, if there's some some failure to prepare somebody for that if the if that the prt isn't sufficient for them then the risk is a lot higher right they're like potential you know the the worst end that somebody can can deal with and yeah yeah i mean when i look at uh that kind of stuff i i really don't look at it in the sense of you know it can be life or death for most people but but the reality is, more likely than not, it's about injury prevention, right? So if you never, if you're an infantryman who's never going out, you're never carrying your rucksack, you're never under load, and then all of a sudden I'm demanding that you do this for an extended period of time, your body's not prepared for it, right? You're going to get those musculoskeletal injuries. Um, you know, knees are a big thing, lower back for the Army, you know, knees, lower back, shoulder, lower back, just like the rest of the population, you know? So, um, you know, overall, it's really... It sounds more grave because everybody's in the military, but the results are really the same inside the military, outside the military, right? So, you know, if you have no experience, you don't prepare yourself to do this, whatever you do on a daily basis, right? Or you might need to do on a daily basis, and then you go out and do it. You know, guy never plays plays football. He goes out, you know, after three years of never doing anything to play a pickup game with the boys, pulls a hamstring. Why does that happen? You know, because you don't use that. You're underactive. So it applies in, in, you know, every walk of life, really. I definitely think that's true. And it's it's interesting because, like, knees, lower back, shoulder, those are the, those are the big yeah. ones. Like, every time, oh, I can't lift this weight over my head, shoulder mobility. Right. Oh, squat's causing me pain. Where does it cause you pain? The knee every single time. Right. How, how do you, how do master fitness trainers approach those kinds of like movement malfunctions or movement dysfunctions? Um, so if, you know, if people have specific issues like that, a lot of times they're already going to be diagnosed somewhere. So um, most of the time, let's say you're in the military, you have a specific injury that, you know, you got a few years back, who knows what happened, but you have a low back injury. Um, you have a profile profile is basically a, a medical document that says you can do these things and you cannot do these things right so we're going to review your profile look at what your actual injury is um, what your doctor is limiting you from doing and then you kind of just make the adjustment from that um, you know whether it's you can still do the exercise you just limit the range of motion or 
you choose a an alternate exercise. So if you got a shoulder injury or uh, you're coming back from a shoulder injury, you know, it might be starting doing push-ups on your knees, then doing push-ups off your knees, then moving to a bench press, you know, taking those progressive steps, not just jumping in and say, hey, we're going to go ahead and, and put 225 on the bar and see what happens. You know, so it's it's kind of walking through that that process. And a lot of times we should be doing, and this is, um, I made a comment last week about we're getting better at doing this, but, um, you know, the, the unit MFT should really be working with the medical providers uh, mm -hmm. to do those sorts of things. So as soldiers start to heal, they come off profile, they start progressing back to like a normal duty status. You know, mm -hmm. we're kind of working with them every step of the way. I mean, we don't just do it for injuries either. So, you know, a large portion of the military is, is females, right? So we do pregnancy PT and postpartum PT because um, a lot of those, you know, what you've done put your body through to, to, to bring life into this world, right? It, it takes a, it takes some time to recover from that, to, to get back up to, to, uh, you know, full speed or whatever. So it's really just taking those individual cases, looking at what your doctor has already diagnosed you with, and then seeing how we can move you forward and get you back on par with your peers. That's it. So I'm, I thought that has changed a lot because the, the only member of my family that was ever in the military was my uncle during the Vietnam War, which, as you can imagine, was a very different time, both in America and just in the military in general. And there was virtually nobody there who had any knowledge to help them prevent injury, to help them recover in the event of an injury. And so, so many of those soldiers at the time really struggled from from the after effects of that right so i'm glad that they're taking advantage of mfts now and yeah i was actually going to ask you about that comment from last week because i was talking as i was talking with miguel you had written in there that you know the the army doesn't take advantage of us as much as they should but they're getting better and now you've mentioned that you work with with other other medical areas like other uh providers providers that's what i'm looking for um, so what kind of like medical providers do you guys work in conjunction with? So that's, that's really what, um, I guess my point was, that's what we should be doing. And that's uh -huh. what direction that we're moving, um, with H2F, which we'll, we'll talk about. But, um, you know, currently it's, you go to your doctor, your doctor gives you a profile, you bring the profile to me, I review the profile and we do an individual program for you until you recover from your injury. Um, but it really should be everybody working together with the physical therapist, you know, whatever, whatever, uh, medical provider you're seeing, whoever's giving you the profile for whatever reason, we should all kind of be working together. Um, cause you only see your doctor once every couple of weeks, you know, but MFTs are embedded in the unit. So you see them five days a week. So the, the more we know, the more we're involved, the, the better we can help, um, these soldiers get back up to speed. That's a really good point. Um, I, I didn't realize that there wasn't really communication happening between those different areas. Is something, you know, the 
my I guess he's still my fiance at this point. He feels like my husband, so I'm just going to call him my husband. So he's a he's a physical therapist and he used to be a, a personal trainer. And so something we talk about really frequently even outside of this conversation is that yes, personal trainers have a huge role. Yes, uh physical therapists wow i can't talk today physical therapists have a huge role but when they work in conjunction with each other there's something that's really beautiful that happens where a physical therapist has more hands-on tools they can perform different assessments to see specifically where the the movement malfunction is taking place so a lot of people experience knee pain and most of it's from tight quads but for some people, it's because of a, of a walking malfunction. And some people, it's a tight calf. And so it's hard to say specifically what's causing the issue. So if a physical therapist can approach it from their end, do perform all those tests, figure out where the movement malfunction is happening, then the PT can complete training that fixes this movement pattern. It trains a new neural pattern into their weight training into their daily training, then this person not only will heal from this injury, but be able to long-term prevent it from happening again. Right. So, like functioning together as a unit is, I think, you know, really, really important. And it does come back to, to the H2F, which I am actually very curious about the H2F. I read a, a document on the Army website and it was very... It was very military. <laughs> it's like very, very phrased in, in like a, a very military way. So I'm kind of interested uh, in, in your interpretation of what that is. Yeah, so so the Army has a lot of uh, programs that are already out there that they've been working on, done studies for years. So they have uh, the performance triad. And the performance triad is what the Army decided were uh, the three most important pillars to physical fitness and it was sleep diet and uh, extra physical physical activity right so they put out educational pamphlets and and uh documents and websites and have teams on the base at like an army wellness center right to to help educate people so you understand why staying up till three o'clock in the morning playing call of duty and then showing up to pt at zero six is not a good idea right um then they go into the dining facilities and they color all the food so green is good and red is bad yellow is okay sometimes you know mm -hmm. um and then they have what we call resiliency training which is more like the mental aspect of it mm -hmm. uh so overcoming thinking traps and and um really kind of understanding the things that set you off um you know and, and how to get out of like the, the mental side of it, right? You wake up for PT and it's cold outside, right? So now mentally you're already mad. You're mad because it's early. You're mad because it's cold. You're mm -hmm. going to go to PT with a bad attitude. You're going to get nothing out of it, right? You have to go to PT. So you might as well find all the positives, right? So holistic health and fitness is taking all those things. It's, it's understanding your diet, your nutrition, the physical activity, proper programming, the, the mental aspect of, of what's going on. And they really incorporate a lot of the spiritual stuff, you know, family relationships uh, mm -hmm. that, you know, make you who you are as a person, right? If, if something is off balance in one area, it usually finds a way to affect every other area of your life. So it's about finding balance in all those areas because they're all important um, and, and really focusing on 
the total health of the individual, not just are you strong and fast, you know, but mentally, how are you doing, you know, outside of the military, your work-life balance, all those things. So that's really what holistic health and fitness is about is, is taking all those things and saying these are all equally important and how do we apply them? How, how um, is that typically applied? Like what, what, what kinds of tools do, what kinds of tools exist to educate soldiers and to, and to help them to learn about this? Because maybe, maybe a soldier comes into the military, they just don't know of that, you know, my mood really affects <laughs> wellness. So what, how, how does the education get spread? So some of them come through everybody's favorite mandatory training, right? <laughs> so we have some things that we have to do annually, like our resilience training. That's something there. I think there's uh, 16 um, different topics for resilience training. And we have to go through all 16 of those topics every year. So they you know, might do two or three or four a quarter. Um, for PT, obviously, we do that all the time. Uh, some of those other things you just come across it if if you you know if if it something happens in your life that maybe it's required but they're also with H two F H two F is re relatively new for the army it's really in that like formative stages so it's really been a hot thing for about two years but it's really like hasn't even really taken off yet um, but I, I just think it's going to be really great when it does so they're putting all these centers on on various bases where you can go like they're calling them army wellness centers um where really you can go get help in anything you know if you want to talk to the nutritionist they'll have a nutritionist there if you want an athletic trainer strength and conditioning coaches occupational therapists like i think they have eight different types of specialties that they're going to embed in these uh centers on on bases uh that really whatever part of your life is off balance in the holistic uh aspect that there'll be somebody there a resource there that can can help you figure out you know really what you're looking for that's like really really life-changing for the military and and i think outside of the military too you know something that you and i have talked about previously to this conversation is is this idea of holistic health you know, don't get me wrong. I love, I love squats, love deadlifts, love weight training, but there, there are these other elements that come into the whole view of being a healthy person and having a healthy approach to life. And I think one of the areas, you know, I, I don't know, cause since I haven't been in the military, this is maybe just a rumor, but I have heard that particularly the mental part of it is something that hasn't necessarily been the focus in the military in the past. And it sounds like that's really changing now with, with maybe yeah. the um, You know, in the past, there's definitely been a stigma. I don't think that's like a, a mental health stigma. Like it's, it's not okay to, to say you're not okay, right? Um, in my experience, I don't think that's just a, a military thing. I think that applies with a lot of the people that I've met in life. Some, they're just not comfortable, you know? I think I might be having an internet problem. Come on, internet.
Okay, I'm gonna wait to see if this will come through, guys. I'm not sure if I'm the slow, if my internet's slow or if it's him. I'm sorry, guys. I'm not sure if you can hear me, but we have totally frozen on my end. Am I frozen? Okay, let's try that. I'm gonna try something. Is it me? <laughs> I'm not sure, guys. I'm so sorry. If you guys can still hear me, we're gonna try to get uh, we're gonna try to get him back in the call. I think maybe his internet cut out there. I'm not sure exactly. We are across several time zones, so for me, I'm in Seoul. Um, it is 8:56 a.m. Uh, but for Aaron, I, I believe it is like seven at night right now. So he he's in a totally different different time zone, different part of the world than me. We're going to try to get him back in the call, maybe. I unfroze now. Okay, it was me. I'm sorry. I was the problem. Let me see if I can. Let me see if I can get him back in the call. It was me. I did it. Oh, let me see. Okay, I'm re reissuing our, our thing here. And let's see. <laughs> oh, technology, why? This happens a lot. Hmm. Let's see, we're trying to get Aaron back in the call here. I think my internet may have cut out. Did I freeze? Did I unfreeze? Hmm. <laughs> I'm so sorry, guys. Okay, so our plan is to talk more a little bit about uh, about mental health and, and wellness. We're going to see if I can get Aaron in our call here. Hang on a moment. Just, oh, there we go. Maybe, 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 maybe. We're going to try. Aha! <laughs> Yay! I'm yeah. so sorry sure that sometimes well, I think we just entered a, a time warp I don't, <laughs> I don't know yeah I'm not sure uh, if that was me or you but I think we're good to go now uh, yes we were talking about mental health in in the military and 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 outside of it yeah so I think that there you know there has been a stigma and um, the the army has put that kind of at the forefront um, and, and trying to make it more acceptable, you know, eliminate the stigma and and really solve or help help people, uh, you know, solve whatever mental issues they might be dealing with, and and understanding that it's normal, right? Everybody suffers from not everybody, but a lot of people suffer from anxiety. They suffer from depression. They suffer from uh, PTSD or whatever might be the case, whatever their their mental ailment is, and it's just an opportunity to go in there and, and help these people. So uh, I'm really excited about it. I think that a lot of good is going to come from it, not just for these people as soldiers, but for, for everyone as, as an individual and, and, and how they move through their everyday life, you know, outside of the uniform. Yeah, absolutely. I, I, I think echoing a little bit of what you said, I don't think that the stigma is specific to the military. 
and this is something that I think, you know, as a fellow American, although I am abroad, but <laughs> I think it, a lot of that is rooted just in our culture as a whole, where, you know, my, my family originally a long time ago now, but came from Scotland, very much like stiff upper lip. You don't talk about your feelings. There's just like, hey, you see this nice rug? Let's just sweep this under there because we don't want to talk about it. But it's not really a great approach to like dealing with problems or, or handling stress and being in situations that are challenging, whether it's in a military situation or, you know, somebody who's working in an office every day, having the tools and the skills to manage that is is truly life changing, right? That changes our whole direction and our ability to handle difficult situations all the time. Um, are, are people on board with, with H2F? Are, they, are other people excited about it or is there resistance to it? Uh, as far as H2F, I don't think there's a lot of information out there. Again, it's really in its, in its infancy and, and the only people that are involved at this point are really the people that are create, taking this idea and, and implementing it. Uh, the people that are, I know at Fort Benning, they they open up a really nice, like, 40,000-square-foot facility, and I've got a couple people stationed down there that have been to the facility, and they're totally blown away by it. So uh, Fort Belvoir, where I'm on, they um, have revamped field houses. They've opened up their Army Wellness Center, and they're making these things available to soldiers. And as people realize how many different things are available to them or how many resources are at their disposal, I think it does get exciting. Um, and, and as it continues, more and more excitement is going to build around it as, as the word gets out. But I think it's a really dope concept. I'm, I'm really excited that, that the Army is going this direction. And I don't think it's necessarily the Army. I think um, across the military in general, across the DOD, uh, more and more people are putting the emphasis on, on the holistic health of, of the men and women in uniform so i think it's it's a really great thing that's awesome how how have you personally if you, if you don't mind me asking how have you personally uh applied these kinds of concepts to your own life so in the you know the holistic aspect i, I like to take um you know my approach to anything i do in physical fitness or and really outside of that but you know i vary up my routines. I incorporate lots of different types of training. Um, as far as, you know, for, for me, the mental, mental aspect of it might come from meditation, some praying, doing some yoga. Uh, it might come from going through some of my resilience skills. And, and, you know, if I'm in a shitty mood today, for whatever reason, trying to dive into what got me this way and, and how am I going to climb back out of it? Uh, resilience, I think, is one of the, the best things you know, the Army's gone with, even though it's mandatory training, people hate mandatory training, you would be surprised how often one of these skill sets pop up that kind of get you get you out of a hole. Um, you know, a few years ago, when I first started into this, we kind of ran a pilot program with a, the performance enhancement trainers on Fort Belvoir. And the idea was, how do we take these resiliency skills and we apply them into physical fitness? So we would meet at a gym twice a month and a performance enhancement trainer or resilience trainer would come in and we'd do a skill for 15 or 20 minutes before we went into the physical training and just 
you know, bringing everybody up out of the mood, whatever, whatever, you know, you're running late, you hit traffic, it's cold outside, whatever it was that has already made you mad that you had to be here early. And then you go through these skills, you get out of these thinking traps, you get in this positive, elevated, you know, mood and uh, you go out and you have a killer workout and, and everybody, you could just see the morale around, uh, around the organization was just changing just because there, there was a more a positive light being put on it. Um, and it was, they were using to check those resilience training blocks. So that meant later on, there was less mandatory training to do because you're knocking out a PT, which is a great concept. But, but overall, really seeing how these resilience skills can be applied and not just, oh, I'm in a bad mood. How do I fix it? But, okay, I have to do this today. Here are the 19 things I have to do going through. I'm going to prioritize. I'm not going to get overwhelmed by it, right? I'm going to just do as much as I can do today. And if it doesn't get done, then it doesn't get done. You know, just applying that stuff throughout every aspect of life, I think it's just absolutely important. Um, but again, getting back to the physical fitness piece, I just try not to stress too much about missing a workout, having a bad uh, diet day, nutrition day, right? If I want a brownie, I'm going to eat a brownie. If I want to drink the beer, I'm going to drink the beer. If I got to run an extra mile for that, that's okay. You know, I, I, some people get totally wrapped up in, oh, I ate this today. What am I going to do? You know, or uh, limit themselves from all the things that they really like, right? And then I think you, you take being fit and you turn it into this stress, you add, add this stress and then it affects, well, now I'm mad because I couldn't do this because I'm trying to get that six pack, you know? So really just balance. Balance is the, is, is the, uh, I think the key. So. Yeah. First of all, very well said. That was incredibly well said. And I, I like to, to hear these stories about people, you know, going in and being like, ah, F word, F this, F that. I have to be here at 6 a.m. Man, I feel you. I don't like the 6 a.m.s a lot of, a lot of days either. But, you know, take, taking that moment to figure out a better, a, be, a different approach. Maybe better is not the right word, but a different approach to, to approach it with a more positive view and changing that morale, and then being able to just focus on one step at a time. And I think a lot of people, military and otherwise, we get really wrapped up in like trying to do things perfectly, right? trying to do the perfect squad or trying to do the perfect routine or trying to do the perfect diet. And human Mac beings killer. can't, we can't do it. So, and I, I like what you said, because I have to tell you, I think I've had, it's been a stressful week for me. I think I've had a beer every night this week that is very unusual for me. And I'm going to go for a long walk. You do what you got to do, you know, and it doesn't, it doesn't have to be perfect and 100% as long as it's consistent, right? And so as long as there's consistent approach, then <laughs> something's still happening at the end of the day. Absolutely. Oh, amazing. Well, I I am so excited about, you know, the the military is is finding new ways to help people because we all go through stressful stuff, but the military more, right? It's it's heightened stress, it's heightened experiences, and sometimes you know you're in in foreign territory whether it's deployment, whether it's a battle, and there's these really difficult situations. If people don't have the tools to deal with them, physically, mentally, nutritionally, 
it's going to be even harder, right? There's more resistance, like Sisyphus pushing the boulder up the hill all the time. Um, right. I think I'm vibrating on your end. Hope, hope you can't hear that. <laughs> um, but yeah, this, this has been a, a really great talk. Is there anything else that you wanted to share with anybody who's listening before we, before we go? Uh, no, I, I don't think so. Unless you have any more questions, I think we, I'm going down the list of things that you sent me and making sure we, we checked all those blocks. I think we, uh, I think we got most of them. I think so. And it's, you know, something that I've just really generally, um, appreciated because I, we've been, I don't even know when we started following each other now, while, but one thing that I've really appreciated in, in like your posts, the conversations that we've had and stories is, consistency, listening to yourself, listening to your needs. You know, if today the squat's not going to happen, it's not going to happen. It'll happen another day. Right. Yeah. So I've, I appreciated that because, you know, sometimes I'm definitely one of those people who's just like PRs, you know, and I have to remind myself, sometimes your body can't just PR every day. Silas. <laughs> like you have to calm down. And, you know, I, I very much appreciate your, your attitude and your like uplifting uh, as the Koreans would say, chonchoni, like slow approach. It's like go slowly. Well, I think that that approach is um, de depending on the person. It's, it's kind of critical. So a lot of people come out and say, "Hey, you know what? My my goal is to I'm going to do a pull up, right? That's that's my goal. I'm going to do a pull up, but they can't do a lat pull with their body weight yet, right? So should your goal be a pull up? Or should my goal be, I want to be able to do five lap pulls at my body weight. Or I want to be able to do five banded pull-ups with good form. And then I want to do six, right? Or then, I, you know, like taking these steps, you know, I think we have a goal. I'm going to deadlift 500 pounds, but I can't deadlift 225 pounds. So should my goal be 500 pounds? Um you know, and I think that we get overwhelmed because we want these lofty things, you know, and we're not taking the baby steps to get there, right? So if I want to bench press 300 pounds, but I can't bench 225, then I, next week I want to bench press five more pounds. I bench press this week. The week after that, I want to bench press five more pounds and five more pounds until I reach my goal. And eventually you're not going to be able to bench press five more pounds than you bench pressed last week. And that's okay. And depending on how the week went with stress, diet, nutrition, sleep, all those things, you might not be able to bench press the weight you bench pressed last week. And that's okay too. You know, you just, it's all about being consistent, being every week. The goal, make it realistic and, and you'll get there. You know, I want to do a pull up. So that's my long term goal. My short term goal is this. Then my, my medium goal, whatever, you know, and you're, and you're building out to that target. So. The, the slow approach, I think, uh, is how you keep people in it uh, mentally because you get discouraged. If, my, if, if progress isn't happening fast enough, then I'm going to quit because I'm not seeing the benefit. I'm not seeing the change. I'm not seeing the growth. Uh, so it's just having that patient, baby steps, smart goals, long-term plan. Yes. I'm I'm laughing a little bit to myself because I'm thinking about me of the past, mostly of the past. And it's definitely true that in these times that I would set a goal that was way too high, that was something along the line of like 
oh, I want to run a marathon, which for the record, I hate running. I still do it, but I hate it. Um, maybe someday I won't. But if I start out, every time I would start out, um, I'm so sorry, my phone is like blowing up right now. I really, I hope you can't hear that vibrating this, this uh, holder right now. Um, anytime that I would set a goal that was like way too high, oh, I want to run a marathon. Well, a marathon is literally 26 times longer than something that I'm capable of doing right now. And it's going to take me a really long time to get from this all the way here, right? These tiny, tiny, tiny increments are the way to get to the bigger thing, right? Yes, I want to run a marathon someday, but I'm not going to get there if I can't run two miles. Right, right. I want to run a marathon, so today I'm going to run a 5K. Mm -hmm. right. Start with a small one. You're going you're gonna to add in. Honestly, I'm a victim of that. I'm, I, I'm the worst when it comes to that kind of stuff. I hate running, too. Then I get into like phases where I like to run a lot. Then I do too much. Uh, and I have uh, ITBS, so my IT band is always causing me problems. And I like to run until I can't walk up steps. And then I take that six weeks of trying to recover from that and start all over again. So uh, I've really had to, to limit myself. Uh, I decided one year I was going to run an Army 10-miler even though I hate running, right? And I was going to train for it. And then it was time for the 10 mile. And I, of course, I didn't train for it because there's always next week to train for it, especially when you don't want to run. Uh, but I paid for it. So I went out and I <laughs> ran my 10 miler about eight miles into it. I've felt it. And uh, yeah, it was a probably for about three weeks. I really couldn't walk up and down the stairs. So I've had to be realistic with myself. It's not that I can't go out and run 10 miles. It's just that I can't go out and run 10 miles without training for it. Unlike my brother, who never trains for long runs, and every year he goes out and decides he's going to do 100K or 50K. And I'm always sitting here like, well, why am I always getting injured? This dude don't train for nothing, which is not true. He does train. Uh, but he doesn't run like that. He doesn't run, goes out here, runs for 20 hours and then you know i'm then i'm just hating on him he's also uh he's in the comments so i'm gonna call him out uh like i think <laughs> he was seven percent in the world this year for his uh the crossfit competition that he's doing he got invited to uh to uh the regionals for his area so he's pretty pumped Amazing. but he doesn't run though i'm not knocking him because he's not fit i'm just saying he doesn't run and then he goes out and runs 100 miles, and it's like, oh, it's whatever. It's oh. not whatever, bro. It's not whatever. It's a lot of, a lot of evers. It's too many evers. Oh, my gosh. That's, okay, so first of all, amazing. Top 7%. That's unreal. And then beyond that, I, I totally don't know what you mean. I have a friend of mine who she's, I think she did cross country for four years in high school, but she hasn't been in high school for 10 years. Now we'll go running and I'm dying. I'm still going, but I'm dying. And she's just like, la, 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 an elegant swan. <laughs> it's like, yeah. how are you like this? I'm so jealous. Yeah, I'm one of, like, I can train up with, if I, if I do it right, I can train up to a pretty good run time. But my cardiovascular fitness declined steeply. Once I decide I don't run for five, 
seven, eight, nine days, then it's like starting over from scratch. I'm the exact same so way. I, I'm jealous of someone that can do cross country 10 years ago and then go out and run and be happy about it because I'm not ever happy about it. Same. I, I will go to the most beautiful park. Doesn't matter. It doesn't matter how pretty it is. It doesn't matter how perfect the weather is. It doesn't matter what the music is. I just suffer. Yeah. I still fight. <laughs> but I don't like it. I'm with you. Oh my gosh. Yeah. And a week, if I, if I go and train and I'm running, I'm doing the sprints or I'm doing hit, whatever I'm doing. If I stop doing that for even a short amount of time, the next time I try to do it, it's like I never even started. Yeah. All <laughs> oh, the human body, but it's okay. I'm, I'm, I think at this point, you have to be able to focus on the smaller goals and like, you know, like you were saying, if we, if we can set like smart goals, those goals that are, what is it? Smart, measurable, accurate. I can't remember a achievable or attainable maybe. Thank you. Yes. That sounds right. Um, these goals that we can actually track and we can watch and we can follow that are small. <laughs> These are a lot more uh, motivating in the long run too, as well as just being more tangible to actually achieve. So yes, someday I want to do a pull-up. Can I do a pull-up right now? No, because I am that person that you were talking about. I can't do a lap pull down at my weight. I'm getting close, but I can't do it at my weight so far. And so my goal now is to be able to do the assisted pull-up machine with only 20 kilograms of assistance, and we'll get there soon. But the, that notion of being able to take this really big, lofty concept, right, whether it's in the concept of the military, it's in daily life, even if it's not fitness-related, breaking it down to these individual pieces and then just slowly, slowly, slowly building. If I start my fitness journey and I go, I want to lose 100 kilograms, I want to gain six kilograms of muscle, well, those are huge fluctuations, right? And those aren't going to happen overnight. Right. I can't just wake up tomorrow and just be shredded, right? I have to go one day at a time and, and, and break it down into those smaller pieces. Okay, have Absolutely. You approach. <laughs> Oh, amazing. Thank you so much for coming. This has been a really, really fun conversation. I hope you had some fun over there in the East Coast. <laughs> yeah. First time going live, a little nervous about it, but I think it went off all right. Yeah, it was great. I had a great time. And yeah, we'll have to do it again sometime for sure. And for sure. Yeah, I'll let you have a, a good night over there. Thank you, everybody in the audience, for coming. And I guess I'll see you next week or whenever. <laughs> All right, thank you All so right. much. This was really awesome, Aaron. <laughs> no problem. See you later. Bye. Bye. Thanks, everybody, for coming to this episode of Savage with Silas. Next week, we'll be talking to my friend Independence Fitness about... A variety of topics i'm sure all of which will be spicy i will see you next friday soul time next thursday western people time as always stay savage see y'all later bye, 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 bye.